0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. So I'll ask you what, like, your... When you first heard of Pearl Jam. Of course, then.
1: Oh, you want to start actually doing the oh, episode no. no, now? no 24 just... minutes just bullshit <laughs>
0: enough? <laughs> I'm just letting you know what I'm thinking. How we're going to do it. Oh, and, yeah,
1: all right, that's cool.
0: And, uh, yeah, and um, uh just a real great time to be talking about this <laughs> song yeah uh, for sure oh exhausting
1: <laughs> and i know you said you like to uh keep the podcast light yeah try so but we'll, uh, i mean
0: that's what i get pretty we get we get pretty i got pretty heavy in the uh, in the daughter episode but i mean we'll we'll you know i mean i mean see what happens yeah yeah <laughs> I see. It. I mean, yeah, uh however deep or dark or wherever you want to go, then I'm 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 cool with that. I mean, I don't know how many <laughs> joking about guns you can do. <laughs> and, right. I don't know, make funny kid rock some more like everybody else is online right now.
1: What if you'd had a, a real gun nut sign up for this episode, that would have been a
0: Oh no, that's. What I was I was going to say so you're so you're a, you're a <laughs> full-fledged uh, NRA member, right? You got a real big fan uh <laughs> Tattoos, everything.
1: Stair, yeah. Staring at my collection right now, of course.
0: WLP for life on your back, tattooed on your yeah. back, Wayne Lapierre.
1: Huge. <laughs> In the colors of the American flag. It's fantastic.
0: Oh yeah. With your uh two-headed eagle holding uh some AK-47s. On both <laughs> both shoulder plates. But
1: here we are trying to make guns light. Look at us. Wow!
0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam Catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guests and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the show. This is Brandon hosting my guest today, Tim Williamson. Hello. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Oh, it is going well, as can be. Today, we're talking about Glorified G. I made that rhyme. Okay, I can't continue. (laughs) Oh, I was so close. If I could oh I got to I got to I got to uh, go back to my improv classes uh, so I can freestyle I don't know. <laughs> so uh, today though first since you haven't been on before I have to ask you Tim uh, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam?
1: My answer I think is the popular one for all of your first generation fans would be seeing the live video on MTV back in the day and I do remember getting the 10 CD through Columbia House. I'm sure you'll recall that. I think we're around the same age. Yeah. I think my dad already had a membership, so I had mine sent to his office, and he got like the however many for his referral, and you got the the 12 for a penny, and then had to buy however many more. And that was... Usually, what, like a year after albums were released, you could get them through that. So I think, Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason I wanted to sign up for a Versus song is I've always kind of gravitated more towards Versus than 10 since Mm -hmm. the beginning. And I think it's just because I was 11 when 10 came out, and then between 11 and 13, I think that's a big difference as far as understanding music and you start being able to go to shows and things like that. So... I remember going to uh, the store to buy versus I still have my CD copy that has that, that foil strip around the uh, edge of the jewel case. Oh, I that. yeah. And they were in those cases where you had to take it up to the front and they had that, like, three-pronged tool to pop the CD out of the case.
0: Yep. The little uh, plastic long box sort yep. of thing after they got rid of long boxes.
1: And uh, new releases came out on Tuesdays back then, not Fridays. Oh, yeah. Some of your younger listeners are probably going to be like, what in the fuck is this guy talking
0: about? (laughs) What's a CD?
1: (laughs) Foil tape and plastic cases. So yeah, I just, uh, that was a a great time for the Seattle scene in general, really, because In Utero, I think, came out a few weeks before Versus, and then a couple or three months later, Jar of Flies and Super Unknown, so all four of the, the big boys had huge releases right within a few months stretch there, and it was i guess right around the first two came out right before my 14th birthday and the other two right after so all when i was in eighth grade which obviously is a very impressionable time for for music so yeah just continue that uh that list that i i had there and then back to mm-hmm. pearl jam with vitology just great time for music obviously
0: or, or at least well yeah all, all all the music was doing good then too because you you know you had uh the rap starting to come in and people getting into that and i don't know the country music starting to re-popify itself i guess starting the low (laughs) this low the slow climb to mediocrity
1: that's a a good segue right there actually when i was looking at the wikipedia page before this episode i saw that both mike and stone referred to country kind of riffs and influence in this song and i I mm-hmm. honestly, until I read that on Wikipedia, had it never entered my mind. Especially when you think about the, the following track on the album Dissident, which has a mm-hmm. way more country feel to it. So, did did you ever think of that as a country riff when you heard this song before, kind of seeing that elsewhere?
0: I it I know that the riff always had a different feel to it than any of their other stuff. Their other stuff is more sort of. Uh, I know with Alive, the riff is more legato, and it's not as sort of almost chicken-pickany sound, I think, as is, is Glorified G is. It kind of has that sort of, right. of like almost banjo sort of feel you can get from it. Yep. So I don't know if he's using a Telecaster or not on there.
1: Yeah, not sure, but I... I just never, uh, never even thought about that until reading that. So I found that interesting. And then another thing I didn't know until looking at that was that Jeff plays an upright bass on this song. Oh, he is. Yeah. See, surprising, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's almost like obvious on indifference, but you just wouldn't mm-hmm. would never think on this song that he's playing an upright bass.
0: Well, you know, if if you got it, you got to use it. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to just use it for one song. You gotta, right. you gotta justify it.
1: You got. to. You got something that big and expensive. Yeah. I guess you got to break it out of the closet every now and again.
0: Yeah. Just like the the Ebo, you know, you start out just using it on one thing. It's kind of like, ah, oh, you know what? We're using it on a review mirror. Let's use it on indifference too. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh use some more different stuff. It's like, oh, using a slide on this uh, on, uh, on depot. Uh, you know, let's put a slide on dissident. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do that. I think there's a slide on dissident. Oh crap. I might have to edit that out make <laughs> myself sound like i know what i'm talking about
1: maybe ed will even break out his accordion again for the new album
0: if that ever happened oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that they might have uh burnt that <laughs> but, <laughs> there, there might have been a oh i don't know where it went oh after the attempt to
1: play it live in philadelphia they it just disappeared
0: yeah, it's like, oh, it looks like somebody came in here. Oh, somebody broke in. Oh, it's odd that the uh, accordion is the only thing they thought to steal. There's all this other expensive stuff. Oh, man. I'm, I'm sure it's
1: pretty valuable. You know how Pearl Jam fans are. The, the accordion that was used to record bugs is probably worth quite a bit.
0: Oh, yeah. It's going to be in the uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Right next to uh, Les Paul's uh, plank guitar or whatever that was, the first electric guitar he made or whatever.
1: My my brother went to the Missoula show with me this year, and Mm -hmm. he's uh, more of a casual fan, I guess. But, I mean, he he knows the catalog pretty well, and one of his comments was, Vitology would definitely be my favorite album if it just wasn't so much weird shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So those... Like Stupid Mop and I Vienta and uh, Bugs. And I think he listed one more. Pry 2. Pry 2, probably. probably. Yep. He's like, just cut that shit out and leave the the actual songs, and it'd be my favorite. But it just breaks it up. And I don't know. That was one casual fan's opinion, which I kind of
0: get. You do that, it's like oh, it's ten songs. It's like oh, it's a fourteen track album. Oh, that's cool. It's like ah, but there's only ten real songs on it, though.
1: And if someone like us saw it live, would be like oh, you'll never. This will never happen again. But for someone like that, it's like that. That takes away a song I actually want to hear. When yeah. you see people on the board, <laughs> like, what yeah, the When you see people crap? on the board bitching about mainstream hits and covers and stuff like that, you. I mean, who knows what the number is? Obviously, there's a lot of hardcore Pearl Jam fans at every show, but. Also a lot of casual fans, and they have to kind of toe that line to, to keep everybody happy,
0: obviously. Yeah, Everybody, everybody's always going to find something to complain about. Yeah, how else are you going to know that you're alive? Unless you got a rock in your shoe or something. Uh, speaking of Missoula, the song debuted in Missoula in 93, back on June 16th. They also debuted Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town, Fucking Up, and Indifference. It was the first time they played all those songs.
1: Yeah. I did look that up. I think they've played it. Uh, let me see here, 128
0: times total. But who knows? By the time this comes out, it okay. They pro- they don't have any shows. That's not a <laughs> no. They're not going to play it anymore.
1: If you're releasing this these in order, that's going to be in two weeks. And I'm <laughs> almost confident, <100%, laughs> level, level of certainty of 100 percent that there will not be any new shows announced. But maybe they'll prove us wrong.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe uh, somebody's. Just sitting at home practicing this song and like, oh, maybe there's a Pearl Jam tribute band out there that's going to play it between now and then, huh? Oh, tribute band would be more likely when
1: I did look up covers to see if there was any notable ones. The by the second page, it was just uh, articles calling NBA teams glorified G League teams for (laughs) for tanking it (laughs) to get a better pick in the draft. So I don't think anybody of note has really covered this song, which I guess isn't that surprising. But yeah, 128 times I I did mark this stuff down. So they didn't play it at all from the end of 96 until 2003. So not once on either the Yield or Binaural Tour. And then they've only played it 14 times this decade, which is a fewer number of shows than the 90s and 2000s, but still kind of surprising, only 14 times.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, it's definitely... Not a top tier track, I think it's. I don't think it's too much of a filler song. The it's 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 got a nice kind of groove and tempo in it that I think you know, if you if you whip it out every once in a while, it'd be kind of people will be surprised, They're like, oh wow, cool, yeah, they still kind of bop their heads to it. It's not something like uh, gotta go take a pee break during it or something like that.
1: Uh, I still haven't heard it live. This uh, Animal and Blood are the three verses songs I haven't heard live, and this would be by far my my number one I'd want to see. But, uh, yeah, kind of back to what we were talking about at the top, that if they do tour next year, you could definitely, hopefully see them breaking it back out.
0: Yeah, i probably bust it out maybe once, maybe? I don't
1: know. You don't think maybe more to mock some of the Second Amendment nuts? Yeah. And- <laughs> No, oh, you got a point there. Maybe, maybe get, if they, I mean, the tours are so short anymore, they'd just avoid probably places like Texas, but could see them playing it in Texas to prove a point, And then you'd have one of those scenarios where the fans turn their, or a bunch of the fans turn their backs on them or start booing. But Ed would love that.
0: Dude, like they do at the uh, opening bands for Metallica, turn their backs and just flip them off. Be like, oh man, I didn't come here for your politics. What's this? The Pearl Jam yeah. talking politics, huh? Who to thunk it. Yeah, I think this is their first uh sort of overtly political song too. Once you uh if you're just going by all the stuff from Ten and those kind of other B sides and stuff like that, and then you know, you put on Vitology, you're listening to it in order. Yeah. This song I think is the first one that is definitely about something political and sort of is be like uh we are kind of liberal guys in case you couldn't tell i guess i don't know why you wouldn't think so but you know we're definitely saying this now and the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory
1: i guess of course we should cover the the uh how it came about with abrzees buying two gun or by telling the band that he had guns and ed's like you bought a gun and he's actually i bought two And just turned it into a song because I yeah. don't think it's a secret that he they never really got along, of course. So he's just overtly mocking him in a song that he's playing on, which is kind of crazy in its own right.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I would feel if <laughs> somebody <laughs> wrote a song pretty much saying that you're a jackass and you're playing with them. you're like, I'm right here, guys. Hey, what man, he doing? tore me
1: he toured that song and then still played on another album so yeah, he must yeah. not have been that pissed about it
0: well no i mean if you're you know making that much money and stuff too i right. mean you're like oh i'm sure yeah sure whatever go ahead boo-hoo i'll just cry in my money pillow <laughs>
1: <laughs> also the the placement on the album is kind of interesting it's after those the first three huge singles off this album and then kind of just fits in there and then i believe dissident was the other single mm-hmm. so it's kind of nestled between all the singles of the album
0: yeah looking at it that way it's real front loaded but i mean the the back half of the album you know even though those songs weren't like singles or radio songs or anything like that they still are huge you know they have a huge oh, yeah. following and lots of fans and stuff like that for those songs as well
1: yeah like i said i've, I've always gravitated towards verses over 10 and casual fans like my brother i'll say that's absurd but
0: yeah and then there are those fans who's like, good oh, no codes the right. best it's like oh come on no
1: <laughs> no code something i've kind of circled back to I, I wasn't a huge fan when it first came out i definitely mm-hmm. like to yield more i think i probably still do i'd probably put no code maybe fifth kind of middle of the pack which like you said some people think that's crazy which is it's music it's subjective and that's why it's great everybody has their own opinion
0: um let's see what are the other facts i got this oh the only other thing really um stone gossard mike mccready wrote the song wrote the music primarily and uh of course like you said eddie wrote the uh lyrics to take the piss out of dave a there was also an interview where uh jeff said that his dad would always talk about guns he said and he said it's like you always got to keep it loaded. So that's where Eddie got that part of the lyrics from.
1: I think there's a, a line in this uh, next song that might have actually come from my dad. I think there's a line that says, uh, always keep it loaded in Glorify G. And I think that might have been part of the conversation that we were having in practice when Dave mentioned that he owned a couple guns. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was always drawn, I guess, more to the music, but definitely the sentiment has spoken to me even back then. I mean, I, I i do hate guns. I i can remember vividly the two times I've shot a gun in my life. Once was with one of my best friend's dads who like, <laughs> he wasn't even a gun mm-hmm. guy, just a, thought of himself as a Renaissance man. So he was going to start shooting skeet for a while. So did that <laughs> with them. And even then I was just nervous the whole time. You're. You're with people that you know well, but just kind of that thing of what a gun can do, and you never truly know what anybody else is thinking. And just made me nervous being in that situation. The other time, I had to go to a, a range with uh, a boss and a client, and that freaked me out even more, just all sorts of strangers with handguns that could just turn them on you at any any moment, and then we went back to his house and had mm-hmm. to clean the fucking things. It's like, this is, <laughs> what a miserable hobby this is. It, you're scared while you're doing it. And then you have to do cleaning work afterwards. And and I believe it, I wouldn't know, but I think it's a relatively expensive hobby too. So, and you mm-hmm. see all the stats about people that injure themselves more than anybody else when there's guns in the house. And then all those sad stories of kids getting into getting two guns because they're not locked up properly. It's just fucking crazy yeah. man and there's more guns in the united states than there are people so that means there's what like 350 million guns in this country it's insane
0: i don't know i'd have to see your source on that where's your where's the link man <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you can fact check me if you want to but I, i've seen that multiple places Re, reputable publications i'm pretty sure yeah but edit it out if it's wrong <laughs> Oh no, no
0: i'll make it <laughs>
1: you'll I'm make a... it right hey as you know in the age of the internet you can find something that corroborates anything you say so
0: oh yeah I mean, there's a uh, all sorts of you can edit wikipedia to say whatever you want <laughs> before they uh, kick you off exactly uh, uh my family we'd never my when my grandfather passed away he had a couple of he had like a, a couple rifles or something like that, that were passed on to us after he died and, you know, went out with them every once in a while. It's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, there's mountains and stuff like that all over the place. So it's like, Oh, okay, go ahead and shoot him or whatever. And my dad made us take a uh, uh, gun safety classes and everything like that. So that we, I guess felt like, like, uh, we're not just going <laughs> to be g- gung ho about this, but, uh, yeah, did that, and I think we went hunting once and yeah. shot a rabbit, <laughs> and it was like, this is not good. This is not fun. Yeah,
1: I, I just don't understand how people enjoy it. It's like their thing, and then it's their life's mission to make sure that fucking assault weapons are still legal. It's just crazy to me how any, well, I guess they're, I was going to say any rational person, but those people aren't rational, but... That think they should be able to own an AK 47 and use it as they see fit or carry it around Walmarts as you've seen pictures on yeah. the news recently. It's just.
0: Insane. I don't know. I mean, it's. I can see how it's fun because, you know, if you're playing, you know, just because video games are what causes all the violence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, you know, you go and your shooting is like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fun doing this or. You know, I'm, I, I know that there's certain places that you can go that are like, oh, here, like you can, you know, go on a range and shoot these big, huge, whatever cool things. And it's kind of like, oh, just destroy stuff or whatever. I can see how that's like, oh, yeah, that looks, <laughs> that looks cool. You know, if you see it, it's like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. But then it's like, ah, but it's not really, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there, no. there's, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's lots of things that are fun. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure heroin's fun. <laughs> cocaine must be real fun i don't know
1: yeah there was some congress person that came out and said they wouldn't support a ban because they're very popular and then that was the big thing on twitter like oh i can think of a lot of things that are pretty popular that aren't legal (laughs) and then uh let's see i did have one other note live versions he does mix it up sometimes like the mostly talking about Bush at the time was got an army. In fact, I got two. That's okay, man, because I love money. That's okay. I'm American. I think is another thing he throws in there on some of the boots. So yeah, there's some slight variations out there, but again, the the lyrics are pretty simple and self explanatory. So not a lot of uh, room for changing them.
0: Yeah. So and um, one of the uh, this was, I guess. A famous song to have a misheard lyric in where people said that it sounded like he was saying 45 versions of a pelican <laughs>
1: actually never heard that but
0: neither did i i saw it in the uh book excuse me while i kiss this guy uh book there was a book that was full of misheard lyrics and this was in there i was like i have never heard that and i've never thought that
1: same here
0: yeah, that's who, great. who who has thought that, and I guess after after that book came out, people were like, "Oh yeah, of course, that's uh, that's what people think this uh, this song is." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Between that and the country riff and Jeff playing an upright bass, it's just uh, look look at all we're <laughs> uncovering on this song. Oh yeah! One other general comment I have—it does apply to this song, but I also I'm just a a sucker for Stone's background vocals in the versus vitology mm-hmm. era. Just love it for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. There's the, uh, that, that, uh, post bridge sort of, uh, chanting where the official lyrics say it's uh life comes. I can feel your heart can feel your heart in your neck. I can steal your heart from your neck, sort of those weaving in and out. And if you have headphones and you turn up a little bit, you can kind of hear different voices kind of <laughs> kind of going back and forth and, I think even before that part starts, you hear Eddie kind of (laughs) or something like that. what what have you see? Now that's a real lyric. I think that people <laughs> have misunderstood or not know what's, what's being said, because the only thing that I could ever remember hearing and then even hearing it again, but I guess it's just because I've put that in my head of, Oh, that's what he's saying. Or at least that's what I understand it to be is, um, black tongue steals real people is what mm. that part sounds like to me. Cause I know that in the, in the, in the book, in the lyrics, it doesn't have anything about what that part of the song is saying. What, what, what have you heard or what, what do you think that, what does it sound like to you? Guess I never
1: really uh, thought about it, other than knowing the official lyrics. I, I, I guess I just kind of rolled
0: with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, when did you find out what the what he was what the official lyrics were then? This is before the internet came out. That's right, definitely before the internet. It's a good question.
1: Maybe I did just understand it. I don't know, huh. Brandon. Maybe, maybe I had a better ear than you in '93. <laughs> oh, okay. You're just better than me. Okay. <laughs> Now, now I'm officially not
0: invited back, right? Let me just cross this off, push delete. This has never seen the light <laughs> of day, man. Go on the board right now and say you need a, a quick <laughs>
1: fill in for the Glorified G episode.
0: No, making fun of me. I'm taking my podcast and going home.
1: No, don't do that. <laughs> You're welcome here.
0: Uh, let's see. Is there uh, the always keep it loaded part musically? I think that that is if they. Like, turned up the distortion a little bit, that would be like so metal. <laughs> you could totally headbang to that part. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm sure there was some pushing around in the mosh pit during that part back in the, the early 90s when they'd play it. Yeah. I remember being in a mosh pit one time. I think I was 14, and I was up against a railing in this theater-type setup on the mm-hmm. floor, and I probably weighed 135 pounds, and I was just getting crushed up against this metal railing the entire time. And decided after that that mosh pits were were not for me going forward. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I uh I could tell just by looking at it and be like, I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> That's not for me.
1: Yeah, when there used to just be a huge open circle in the middle and then two people would catch each other's eye and then just run at each other full speed and <laughs> see who fell down. <laughs> Crazy shit.
0: Yeah, there was yeah, there's like the there was like that kind of mosh pit where, you know, there it would open up the circle and people would kind of you know run at each other and do that sort of stuff where they kind of you know dance around like that and then there were the others where it was just everybody just all in one big mass jumping and bumping into each other and 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 all that and it's kind of like oh no neither of those yeah <laughs> I just... and if you fall down on the ground you're just done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or crowd surfing when you'd get
1: to a group of people that just didn't care and they just let you fall on the concrete yeah i'm surprised more there were some deaths back in those days I'm i'm surprised that more people didn't get hurt moshing at shows in the '90s.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You just don't hear about it. Maybe uh I don't know. All the uh, the big baggy clothes we were wearing back then sort of uh, cushioned our falls or uh, <laughs> right. acted as parachutes on the way down.
1: I've, I've tried mm-hmm. to get rid of any evidence of the baggy clothes I used to wear. But <laughs> there's still some around.
0: <laughs> Did you? Were you a Were you a plaid guy? Are oh, yeah. you a flannel oh, I, guy? I still wear
1: flannel is one thing that I've stuck with. I still wear plenty of flannel these days. You?
0: Oh no, I I, uh, <laughs> I think I I got one like flannel shirt or something like that, and I wore it one day, and I was like, nope, I'm not cool enough for this. <laughs> Maybe I
1: shouldn't say plenty. I act like that's my whole wardrobe, and I have like <laughs> flannel pants and stuff. I I have like <laughs> two or three flannel shirts that I wear usually just on the weekend, but I do still fit flannel into my wardrobe. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, it's just like guy. Uh, okay. Just t-shirts for me that's uh that's it the occasional kind of dress up a little bit you know something with buttons i guess but yeah it's like i'm i'm not uh, i'm not trying to make a statement i'm trying to blend in understood uh let's see we uh we about done did we do it
1: yeah I, th- I think we did a-, a fair to good job. You
0: all right? Hey, hey, hey as long as it wasn't horrible. <laughs> yeah, but then <laughs> again, even if it was horrible, I still got to put this out. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta stick to the schedule, man. Understood. <laughs> um, do you have any social media or projects that you have to promote, or stuff that you think other people should check out?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know if I need your legion of followers to, to at me, Brandon. So I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that alone. But I do have a question for you. Maybe it was addressed in one of the episodes I didn't listen to yet. Or maybe it flew under the radar. But I did hear an episode where you were talking to one of your high school buddies, and you had a band together. And I believe mm-hmm. I heard you guys had a song titled Beef Candle. And I was just wondering if you could, if you could kind of fill me in on the, maybe the lyrical content of that song, (laughs) or or maybe you can, if there's any footage of you guys playing it, you can email it to me, but I would love to to dig deeper into Beef Candle.
0: Well, uh, Beef Candle was a song that was written about, um, what, what is it called? Um, Slim Jims. Makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> yes they not it, it, it wasn't a uh an innuendo of anything it was uh one of the i think one of the one of the guys who was in the band uh talking with one of their friends or something like that and saying it's like oh dude, slim jim's like oh this, that's not really beef jerky it's more like a sort of like a waxed meat it's like a it's like a beef candle <laughs> and then they said that story and it's like oh okay i can write lyrics to that and then <laughs> Awesome. The, the rest is history. That's been lost to history. <laughs> that's that's
1: unfortunate. If you guys ever do a reunion show, please record it. Though I'd I'd love to hear it. Oh, I got. Oh,
0: I I we 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 recorded that. <laughs>
1: I got oh, you do out there. It. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Email it to me if you don't mind. I I want to hear it. Just the, the title alone may, makes it worth one spin at least.
0: <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh thanks for coming on tim uh,
1: hey, thanks for having me yeah. Oh, yeah. if we ever do get any uh any shows maybe if there's since we're both in the southwest maybe i'd run into you at one of them
0: oh yeah I try to at least uh always like going to the vegas shows yeah i haven't seen them in vegas and i, I can actually usually
1: work that into a work trip so that'd be Ooh. great if I, could, if I could have a weekday vegas show and i could get the flight and hotel paid for
0: hey now well if you if you go to hotel, uh, oh I, after one episode i
1: don't know if we're that close yet brandon but we'll oh see. i
0: oh no i completely understand i'm a real weirdo <laughs> 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 but but yeah if
1: this one if this episode gets enough listens or isn't that terrible would love to to come back for a, a no code or yield episode for sure oh yeah no problem
0: thanks for coming on tim
1: hey thanks for having me
0: You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from Shoutengine.com/slash The Better Band Podcast using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at listenupreno. I am on Twitter at BrandENP. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on a season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Tim, and as always, this is Brandon saying. Geraldo Rivera, Madonna, and a diseased yak.